Have you ever been on a double date where the other couple just seems synced, connected, on the same page? It's kind of magic to watch, almost mystical. How have they actually built this connection? How have they gotten so secure with each other, so in step with one another's rhythm? What is their secret sauce? Well, today we're diving into an incredible strategy for building connection and rhythm in your relationship. We'll unpack why it's effective and give you all the tips on how to use this secret sauce so that you too can be marching to the beat of your own relationship drum. Hey, we're Kim and Rog, and we're here to show couples how to get the best out of their relationship so they can start living their dream life together. We're a West Aussie couple who are living the life of our dreams. We don't entertain the word should, we think about the future as a field of possibilities, and we let joy be our compass. We've taken the simple idea of working as a team and applied it to our marriage, and it's been a game changer, allowing us to work out what truly lights us up in life and to go after it together. From living in snowy Japan to starting our own house flipping business, we've achieved some big dreams. And most importantly, we feel fulfilled and are having the most fun we've ever had. Hear conversations from inspiring couples, thoughts from relationship experts, and tales from our own lives, as we help you to gain the wisdom and skills you'll need to turn your relationship into a real team. These are relationship conversations for real people, by real people. So sit back, get comfy, whatever tickles you pickle, and enjoy living the team life. Let's kick off with what are rituals? So I think if you if you go from a, an anthropological perspective or into a more like serious scientific mode, um, the definition of rituals is actually a little bit heavier. It's around, um, you know, generational customs that often had some sort of religious background to them. I think though... Um, Today, what we define rituals as a society is more around anything that has um, a, a series of behaviours that are consistent and in, in a particular situation or environment. So they become like a custom to carry out this series of behaviours in this particular situation. So what you're saying is that uh, in today's world, that could really happen anywhere um, between couples, in families, in sporting clubs, in large organisations, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. So, um, I mean, we'll get we'll get into this a little bit more, but yes, rituals could look like a hundred different things. Um, it's really just about um, whether they are repeated regularly so it's a consistent repetition and in a certain way in a certain environment because I think that's where they get their meaning from so that's really what it's about yeah of course and um, what are some of the benefits of rituals so sort of stemming on from that consistency that you're looking for that is what defines a ritual the the benefits of them are things like um, shared meaning so when we do something together that's a, a um, consistent behaviour in a consistent series or, or, or manner of behaviours, I should say, sorry, um, in, a, in a certain environment, it, there's, it's got its own meaning to it. So um, we ascribe a meaning to that behaviour and, and then whoever partakes in the ritual gets to share in that meaning. It's something that only the partakers are, are privy to and that's where that shared meaning comes from. Yeah, so it makes it quite special and intimate to that group almost. Exactly. And that brings about the second benefit that I would say 
um, is ascribed to rituals and that is a sense of identity because exactly like you say, it's it's for that group, right? It's 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 about what that group stands for and who they are, and and that's about building a certain identity. So um, rituals can help to build the group's identity. Yeah, we can see why in perhaps a sporting context and business context uh, that could be so important, and then of course. Um, what more we're going to talk about today is in the the context of a couple and and, and a family. Mm. Um, so you know, I feel what you've spoken about then is you know you talked about um, that sort of identity, and you can see why in a in a football team. So I'll, I'll use the example of um, or a rugby team, the Haka, which is at the start oh, of the New Zealand yeah. um, rugby games. So um, I'd be surprised even if you're not a rugby fan if you haven't seen it. Um, it, it actually goes back to an old um, ritual, and I'm sure I'll stuff this up, but a ritual when uh, Maori and other uh, New Zealand Indigenous uh, clans would come together and meet each other. They'd do, uh, I guess, a, a war or tribal dance uh, to each other. And now the New Zealand rugby team, the All Blacks, which is actually one of the most successful sporting teams uh, ever, is recognised as such, um, because of the the number of wins and also because of the the quality of the players on a, such a small country, um, they do this before every single match, and it's just one of the most beautiful and spiritual things mm. you'll ever see, mm. and it fires them up. And you can see teams before have had to try to come up against it, and of course the Australian team uh, fifteen odd years ago turned their back to the haka. And got absolutely smashed on the field. Why so, did they do that? What was that about? Well, it's very intimidating. Oh, but so they were trying to. They were trying to say, "Hey, okay. this, this ritual okay. doesn't have an effect on us." <gasps> but what then did is they showed disrespect, and and you're you're disrespecting a, a spiritual and cultural identity of that uh, rugby club, and as a result, they came out with a full head of steam and absolutely towed up the uh, the Wallabies. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, for me, that's an example of where ritual in sport and identity is so important. Mm. Um, and again, we can see that uh, I, I guarantee you that's a, a, a small or definitely not insignificant part of why the All Blacks are one of the greatest sporting teams in history. Mm. Something else that, um, uh, you know, looking into this obviously for, for the podcast, something else that came up um, and definitely something I experienced from from the rituals that we have, which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, is a sense of safety is actually created through rituals. I thought that was really interesting. Um, it's predictability in the ritual it's the knowing of its coming it's the knowing of the sequence of events and as humans we're wired to feel safest when life is predictable you're so, you're, you're 100 right in in fact uh google uh recently did a, a study on the effectiveness effectiveness of teams and they found that the 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 single most important trait among successful teams is they have uh, oh, a psychological yeah. safety within the team. Mm, that that psychological safety within the team was born by the fact that many of them had rituals, uh, as you know, they had consistent consistency and identity. And what that allowed the teams to do is 
People knew that they could come to the team. They knew what to expect. They felt part of the team and part of the group. And as a result, they were more willing to be themselves and not just go into their shell, not um, put their hand up when they see something wrong or put their hand up when they see an opportunity. Uh, so innovation was better. Um, you know, not the, one of the, the critical issues in business often is when so, someone can see a problem that's wrong, but they're too scared to put their hand up and... And and so say, think again. The ritual of the team, or just being part of a team. No, it was this. So it was the number one um, key factor across all successful teams was they were, they had psychological safety, mm-hmm. and one of the key parts of having a psychologically safe environment were these rituals that they did within the oh, teams, okay. um, because it created that uh, that it created that environment of. Um, it created that environment of, you know, I know what's going to happen. There's, they've got that consistency. I, I know where I belong. I know that I'm part of the team and I know what the team's identity is and the purpose of the team. Mm. Um, and, and we That's can, that predictability, isn't it? A hundred percent. I understand not just, sorry to cut you off, not just um, I understand what's going to happen next, which was part of it, but also what I first um, touched on in the identity piece. I know who we are as a group because I have these rituals and I understand on a deeper level what's expected of me because I understand the identity of the group, right? Yeah, and and that as a result um, I'm part of the group and I'm Mm, safe to say – I belong and I'm safe to say what I feel and what I think and I'm safe to bring my own ideas to the table because I know the others will support me because that's the identity of of the group that's come together. And, you know – to another degree, I know working in the around 2010, uh, the company I worked for was an early adopter of the agile um, uh, software project management uh, uh, framework. And um, s- sorry to bore you, <laughs> but um, what's important is now this is this. Uh, there was a company called Atlassian, which is actually uh, one of the most successful com- uh, tech companies in the world, and it's Australian. And they come up with a software called Jira, which leans into that agile framework. And one of the key factors of the agile framework was little rituals. So throughout that, mm-hmm. um, throughout that framework, is all these little rituals. And one of the most famous ones was the daily stand-up. Mm-hmm. So I think everyone knows it now. In fact, you even see it on on, on trade sites. They call them, you know. Uh, toolkit meetings, uh, you see it in, in other business areas where they'll have these daily stand-ups and you sit around, it goes five to ten minutes max, um, you all stand, so I shouldn't say sit, so you actually stand and one of the reasons they do that is because, um, you know, to make it go quickly and you just say three things is what did you achieve yesterday, what are you achieving today and this week and what roadblocks do we need to clear? Do you know what's so fascinating as you talk about that? I think the first thought for most employees and probably employers is that the daily stand-up meeting that was part of these processes you're talking about was for higher productivity, right? It's to make people people more efficient, more productive, clearer communication, cutting out a lot of the, the, the extra bits that we don't need. Um, but actually what we're talking about is saying – they're the direct, um, obvious business benefits, but actually the bigger benefits are going to be the intangibles that they're not thinking about necessarily so clearly, which is the sense of belonging, the sense of team, the sense of identity you're creating by coming together every single morning for this ritual of the stand-up. And actually, you know, when we look at what you said about 
the Google workspace that the the number one predictor of innovation forget forgive me if I'm saying it wrong but or of of high performing teams is that sense of safety so whilst they've created these rituals I have no doubt with an intention to to streamline processes and um and and increase productivity and cut out unuseful excesses waste yes the reality is the other benefits like the ones we've been talking about which is this sense of belonging and identity are actually going to trump those in terms of what they're going to get out of their team i mean these are what people call um soft skills yeah (laughs) which are actually the the most important skills we can have yeah really i think i think um you know they should be called core skills core skills because they're they're the skills everything else um, should revolve around and yeah 100 percent. you know um you know you want to uh, you want to reduce staff attrition. You want to increase employee satisfaction. There's a lot of money spent on it every year. And so by introducing these rituals, uh, companies are able to foster that within their teams. Um, and, yeah, look, you know, some pe- some companies will do things just like the simple stuff, which is a coffee at 10 a.m. for the team every day. Um, some people – some will do 3 p.m. Uh, beers um, on a Friday or every second Friday they'll, you know, they'll put on some beers and some pizza, um, you know, but I think, you know, uh, what uh, the Agile framework did and what Atlassian did and what the new big tech companies are doing is they're making these rituals daily as part of the actual framework of how they go around project managing and developing a product. So I think what we're trying to do really here is correlate um perhaps what the benefits that we see in everyday life on the sporting field and in business and how they can be brought into the household. Well, just to just to come back to what we were talking about with the the safety side of it, because you're absolutely right. We're trying to say, you know, why in a relationship before we get into, you know, how people can add rituals, why you would bother adding rituals, right? That's what we're trying to give people is a bit of context here as to why they're so important. But, you know, from the safety aspect, which you've given some research, obviously, that shows how important psychological safety is in the workplace, I would argue it's even more important in your primary relationship, obviously. Um, and and a, an example of how important rituals are to humans is the fact that when we had COVID and, and the sense of safety you get from them, sorry, when we had COVID, um, people's want for rituals actually increased. So we saw people creating a heap of new rituals, things like um, clapping the um, first responders, you know, at the same time each day. This sort of ritual that gave people a sense of predictability, community, belonging. I'm not just in here by myself, even though I'm I'm in lockdown. Um, I've all I got is my my TV, um, my my, dog. my puppy dog Foofy, and um, you know I've got no one else in the world. Yet when I stand out on my veranda or on my balcony or yep. through my window at eleven a.m. or whenever it was every day, and I see everyone else in my community clapping the first responders who were you know amazing. I, I feel a part of the community. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I feel I like I'm part of something, and and that builds my sense of safety, identity, all of those things. So. Um, yeah, I do. I do think there, you know, across business and personal, there's there's clear research showing the value of rituals and the simple fact that rituals have been around for thousands and thousands of years. I mean, it would be one of the oldest cultural customs would be rituals. That's you know, 
carried on, why did that carry on above other customs? Because the benefit must have been so great to us that we didn't change it with evolution. No, hundreds of thousands of years, uh, hunter-gatherers definitely um, had rituals that they can see that with some of the, uh, you know, the the tools and the, um, you know, some of the ritual burial sites and um, gathering sites that they've found. Mm. Um and, of course, when you're in a small group of, you know, 50 to 150 people, which were generally the maximum size of those groupers, groups back then, um, you, you had to find something that would bring the clan together, you know. Um, you'd have to find something that would join you in a common purpose to make sure you got through the harsh winters, mm. to make sure that you worked together as a team to hunt down the, the deer and the um, saber-toothed tigers. Mm, so true. So um, jumping back to us now so we can give people always <laughs> kind of an idea of um how we implement rituals and what rituals look like in our household yeah well i think you know um we we actually have a lot of rituals you and i actually um sort of jotted down all the rituals that we have day to day and week to week and our life's actually full of them some of them we um they just happen um big just because, and we perhaps even didn't realise they were rituals, and other them we actually had planned and um, put in the diary and worked towards. Um, so, you know, for example, every Saturday we have uh, a date day, every single Saturday. You and I run our own business. Um, we care for our beautiful little girl who has additional needs, um, and so every Saturday we get a support worker in, and for four hours you and I go do whatever we want and it literally is the lifesaver at the end of a tough week absolutely and i think um you know we are a little bit unique in that um obviously our lives are shaped by our daughter and her needs and when i thought about our rituals what was interesting to me was uh, because of our daughter's autism she's very driven by rituals to find predictability in the day that's naturally her personality um part of the diagnosis of autism is that you may be quite rigid and routine based and our daughter certainly is a needer of routine and rigidity and so she creates rituals all the time that have become very very specific Uh, we are real ritual livers here Uh, And we get taken along for the ride because we have to help implement and support these rituals. So we have actually a lot of rituals in our life that are, that can be the most quirky, (laughs) different sort of. As usual, we're learning more from her than she's learning from us. Absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, yeah, and rituals can be large and they can be small. So a ritual can be as simple and as powerful as um, when your partner comes home from work or at the end of the day, you look each other in the eye and you give each other a kiss and a hug. It can be as simple as that yeah. or it can be as extravagant as, you know, once a year you and your partner book a night away at the Ritz or, um, you know, anywhere, oh, just um, the two of I like, you. I like the sound of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not actually a ritual of ours. Uh, I think I might have put my foot <laughs> Any in Any other there. ones you want to throw yeah, in yeah, there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that's, that, that's what a ritual can be and I guess for us 
you know, in our household rituals are, you know, our date day rituals are... Um, pizza night. Are pizza Friday night. Friday pizza night. Um, every morning, Kim and I have coffee out on our veranda and um, I make Kim breakfast, which is a, a ritual, um, something that we've got to love. We've been doing that for almost two years now. And I think just to break that down so people understand why we're calling that a ritual and not just breakfast, it has a very set sequence of events from literally from the moment we wake up the order in which we cuddle our daughter is set the way we cuddle her uh and then moving to the kitchen who turns on the kettle who makes the coffee who does we have a swing ritual with our daughter that has to happen at the same time and all of these steps are consistently the same every single morning we then go outside and we eat our breakfast together that you have amazingly cooked for us and and the ensuing conversation and and time we spend outside as part of our ritual in the morning and it is very predictable it's very predictable so it allows us that space and time to talk about things that really matter where we're not just shooting the breeze um we're not feeling like oh this is this is all of a sudden what's happening on here, what's happening next. We know what's happening next. We know how much time we've got generally, depending on what time um, our little one gets up, usually about 5am. And as a result, when we actually go out and sit down and we've eaten our breakfast and and we're on our coffee, um, we're actually starting to talk about our lives, our dreams, what's going on in the world, Um, you know, really important conversations. Um, You know, there's psychologists like Gottman, um, out there and Jordan Peterson proclaims this as well is they really say that you need to have at least 45 minutes of deep honest conversation with your spouse per week um, and that's not easy if you actually thought about day, but <laughs> uh, yeah we get, we get that per day um, and it makes a big difference um, I think I think I think you're so right and I think the fact that we have a ritual in the morning sets us up beautifully for the day yep. it gives I, I talking from my personal experience and I'm an anxious person I'm a naturally anxious person I always have been and for me being an anxious person having that sense of real predictability in the morning for an extended period of time the consistency of behavior and routine the consistency of physical movement even is is really calming to my nervous system. You know, people talk about grounding in different ways in the morning. You can do your meditation, you can go for a walk, whatever works for you to ground. For me, I would say having a ritual is what works for me and I know exactly what I'm going to get out of that space and time. It really does set me up for the day. I don't know how you experience it. No, 100%. Um, and, you know, I I typically am not someone who goes at 100% first thing in the morning. And that ritual of making breakfast, the ritual of sitting out and discussing life, actually, uh, it really does sort of get me going for the rest of the day uh, and really sets me up for success. It also means that any issues between you and us are 100% brought up then. Um, you know, we even talk, we've, we've got this thing called a morning mindset, which I think we'll actually devote a whole pod, podcast to. Um, it's similar to people who get up in the morning or at the end of the day and do a, you know, gratuity journal or a, a thoughts journal. We actually have a, a, a five questions we go through ourselves. And one of them we've added recently was what's poking your goat? 
Um, and that's pretty much like what, what's what's on your nerves? What's upsetting you? What's the elephant in the room? Um, we don't have to answer it that one every single day because sometimes life's pretty good. Um, but sometimes there is there is something that's uh, that's annoying you or underneath. It doesn't have to be about the other person. But that's just an, a way that we use a ritual, for example, to make sure that if there is something bothering us first thing in the day, we there is a space cr- we've created where you are allowed to and it's supported that you can come in and say, hey, I'm struggling with this mm-hmm. issue today. Can, I want to bring it up as a team. And it's not and, – and the beauty of that is it's not later in the day – at 3 p.m. Mm. when we're, you know, we're a bit tired and, you know, we've just picked up the little one from school and it's like, hey, there's something that's really grinding my gears or poking my goat right now. And the other person's like, oh, Jesus, right now, we, we have to talk about this right now. I'm just in the middle of something. I've just got, you know, and while it's important, we're always available for our partner and we're always there to support them, you know, sort of a bit of a life hack is creating a bit of space and time to have those conversations. Yeah, as a ritual. As a ritual. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, um, you know, just to sort of circle back to what else we do as rituals and give give people a little bit of context of what we do and, and perhaps some ideas, we do a bike ride every Sunday uh, in the morning, which is fantastic and, and something that the other benefit to rituals is the anticipation. So come Sunday night, uh, Saturday night, sorry, when you're tired and, you know, you're ready for bed and you're a bit like Ugh, over it, as I go to bed Saturday night, I get so much joy knowing what's coming Sunday morning. Yeah, and our little bug is always pepped up, ready to go for the oh, bike yeah. ride. And look, it's my favourite time of the week is our Sunday morning bike ride. We ride down to um, one of the beaches or to the river. Um, we go to a playground. We go for a walk. We come back. And, yeah, it's just – it's about an hour and a half every Sunday morning, like clockwork, um, you know, and it, it does bring a lot of joy to us and it's something that we know we're going to get – a lot back from and it's something to look forward to and again it's just carving out time from our busy lives and schedules and it's a constant and we always prioritize it yeah yeah so we have daily rituals weekly rituals we have bigger rituals so the annual rituals that people um talk about one that i absolutely adore is for the last three years we have so obviously uh we're a little bit more restricted than most people because leaving home at night time is difficult for our daughter and we actually haven't been able to go out for over a thousand days the two of us together at night time so it's been over three years since we could leave the house together in the in the evening as a result we had to think about what we could do for new year's eve that would be special for us and we started a ritual and i think having left japan we were inspired by wanting to channel our lives in japan a little bit and we said we would do uh wagyu and champagne every new year's eve so new year's is wagyu and champagne which sounds extravagant um and is because that amazing yeah and it is amazing (laughs) we've got a charcoal barbecue weber which is you know in japan everything's charcoal up there um not gas and so we've come back and even for me the mini ritual of um, setting up the little chimney, lighting the charcoal mm. fire and then getting ready for the steaks to go on um, and popping a champagne is um, is divine. Then we listen to some music and we also talk about the year that was. 
Yeah. And, or, and our hopes I'm and big, dreams I'm for the next year. I'm a big lover of hashing all those things out at the end of the year. Definitely. <laughs> and even like, you know, Kim and I, we've, we've done our recently, we've done our 2002 goal review. and um, 22. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> We're just getting to 2002, guys. We'll get to 2003 soon. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my 2002 <laughs> goal review was to get through uni, make oh, no, sure don't, don't you were, okay. No, okay. <laughs> there was a lot. There was, uh, and it definitely wasn't champagne. There might have been a bit of goon bag in there. And oh, okay. anyway, um, so 2022 um, goals review, and um, this week coming up, we've got our 2023 goal setting which is a ritual um, and we will we actually go through these quarterly and to, to track our progress and see how we're going and it's a heap of fun. It, show, it keeps us aligned um, and it also keeps us on track in achieving our goals. Yes, yeah, so there's some of the rituals that we take that can be ideas for other people or even just, I guess, ways to think about rituals, that they can be those daily little things they can be weekly things. They can be annual things. With Christmas coming up, people will, if you reflect on it, you, people will almost definitely be able to find rituals on Christmas Day or around Christmas Day yep. that their families have been carrying on for years. Like your family, for example, your mum's side, your mum always does champagne at breakfast and a cooked brekkie. That's yep. like never fails if you that's yeah. that that happens at christmas that's a ritual for your family that that is and i think you'll find that those rituals are very special and a lot of people carry them from when they were kid yeah. from their parents to now when when they've got kids and, and they and they i guess they um, cascade those rituals down but look enough about us sweetie um how can our listeners start to begin adding rituals into their relationship uh, so step one, we suggest that you think about what you might already do that's a ritual. So like what we were just saying with Christmas, think about the times where you might have rituals in the week. You might even, if you start small and you want to think, what are, what are some of the little things we do that are rituals? You might have a, a special high five or a handshake you do in the family. That can be a ritual. You might... You might do beach every Saturday or walk the dog every Tuesday and Thursday and don't realise these are rituals, they are important to you and they are time you spend together. You might do fish and chip Friday. Oh, yeah, pancakes Sunday. You might do movie Sunday. night Saturday. Or movie <laughs> night, pancakes, movies, yep. fish and chips. Yeah, so there's lots of things. So just sitting down together as a team and just writing out the things that you can see are already rituals in your life and... If you, if you don't feel like you are already doing any rituals, then thinking about um, just activities that you enjoy. Yeah, so, so step two, you know, if you feel you're not, you, you don't have many rituals in your life um, or you, you just want to add more, think about all the little activities you enjoy doing together or activities you could add into your life to create those new rituals. So, for example, if you do have a dog and you – have the ability to get out of the house because your kids are of, of, of a certain age, instead of one of you going and walking the dog and walking at it, you might have a ritual on your own. So at 6pm every day, I go and walk the dog. Why don't you do that either in the morning together or at night together? Just for an example. Yeah, exactly. So step three would be writing down the rituals you do already have that you've worked out together that you do in, in the household or writing down the activities that you think you could turn into to rituals or, or just acknowledge as rituals. 
and actually giving them a title it's it it's part of that identity, isn't it? Like the fact that, you know, you have pizza night Friday and yep. or fish and chip Friday, fish and chip Friday, whatever it is, or movie night Saturday, or it doesn't have to. Da- date day. Uh, once you label something, once you title it, it almost date it day. becomes tangible. That's, that's our you know, Saturday and we yeah. love that. And, and we don't, we don't title them. So, you know, it's not walking dog Wednesday. Maybe that's a little bit naff, but if you want, it's okay hey, as well. We're judgment free here. You, you do your walking dog Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so giving them a title, it does increase that sense of identity and belonging and connectedness that we've talked about from the beginning because you're starting to build something around this ritual that is only for the people involved in the ritual. Yeah. And, and I know sometimes, you know, we can get this maybe a bit of. I don't know, not guilt or shame, but if we're talking to other people, if we're at the office, there's a lot of pressure. Oh, you got to stay, you know, you should be doing this. Or if you're out with the lads with having beers. And I, I know that, you know, being able to say, hey, it's Fish and Chip Friday, guys. I'm not missing out on Fish and Chip Friday to stay late and have beers with you. Or, you know, you've got to stay late at the office and go, well, actually, it is, it's Woofy Wednesday Walk Day. And, you know, as a matter of fact, I need to be home at 6.30 on Wednesdays. So for me, I know that's something that maybe I struggled that in the past when I was working um, you know, full-time, not, not in our business, but having those sort of rituals that you and I used to have, um, I know also just gave me that mental strength to go, hey, do you know what? This is important to me. And, you know, my my pizza night Friday or my date day, you know, or golf with the boys, well, actually, I've got date day then. So I'm going to commit to that. And it actually made it a little bit easier and more accessible. I think that brings us to step four, which is to plan ahead and have that reoccurring date in the calendar. So that you you can do, you know, step five, which is making it a priority, which we'll get to in a second, but which is what you're talking about now. But definitely putting it into the calendar, putting it up on the family calendar or, the, or your, your relationship calendar, your couples, your joint calendar, whatever it looks like. But together as a team, making sure that you've both got it in the calendar as a recurring event, this this is a a fixed date in the calendar. Yeah, and and you know you know um, locking in uh, grandparents or babysitters yes. is really important. Yeah. Well, planning ahead, all yeah. the logistics of it to make sure you're clearing the runway, um, giving yourself a glide path, so it's actually easy. It's easy to achieve. Um, you know, because it's easy. It's also easy to make excuses not to do. Yeah. Um, but the more we do it, the more the more um, more times we do a ritual, the easier it is to maintain. Absolutely. You know, sometimes a ritual is just another word for a habit. So that brings us to step five, which I mentioned a second ago, which is making the ritual a priority. And really when we say you're making the ritual a priority, you're actually making the people involved in the ritual, yourself and your partner, a priority. And that's something that we are super passionate about because what we believe in living the team life is that the team being the couple – comes first they are the priority they need to the couple needs to feel they're the priority each partner needs to feel they're the priority that the relationship is the priority and with rituals it's a lovely way of saying when you share a ritual with your partner and you don't try and get out of it and you make sure it's in the calendar and you turn up for that ritual it is a lovely way of saying and showing that your partner is your priority yeah that that is a hundred percent right you know uh one of the most important things of living the team life is making sure you put the team first, making sure you're creating that safe space um, for your partner and to you to be yourselves and get the best out of yourselves. And rituals are a way 
a, a really an easy way to show that I'm putting the team first, I'm making you a priority. And so by making a ritual a priority, you're actually making your relationship and the other person a priority. And that's where you grow a strength of connection. Mm. And yeah, we know that um, the more rituals we add into our lives and we add into our days, uh, I guess the better connected we are. Yeah. Yep. And step six, the bonus step. Yeah, I was a big I was a big advocate of um, the step six uh, as opposed to just having five steps. <laughs> I, I said, wait, we, we can't just leave them hanging <laughs> at five. Let's not get into whether we should label it six <laughs> steps or five steps. But it's the, the bonus it's step. It's the bonus step. The bonus step is to turn your dreaming and planning into a ritual. So that's something we do. And we absolutely love it. Again, it, it, it gives us all of the benefits of rituals along with all of the benefits of living the team life. Yeah, look, it's, life's, life's tough, life's daunting. Sometimes dreaming's daunting because once you have a dream, you've got to go out and achieve it and there is a bit of planning to do and you want to make sure that you and your partner are on the same page and working towards it together. By creating a ritual where you get together on your date days or you get together and you, you whiteboard stuff out with a big A3 piece of paper and Kim and I literally do this we, we'll go to a restaurant with an A3 pad and do brainstorming Don't and act <laughs> like you like when I carry my pad in you give me the side eye yeah I, I, I have to admit I always make Kim carry the A3 you pad. don't make me you ask me not to carry the A3 pad and I ignore you and then I want to make sure I'm I get to draw on the A3 pad when it's in front of us um, but you know for us it's a, it's a it is a ritual and it is really important and you know creating that time and space for us to be able to, to dream and to plan our dreams and how we're going to achieve them um, is really important and it keeps us on track otherwise you know life gets away from you I completely agree and I definitely think for anyone listening that is interested in starting rituals that having a goal of actually getting to a place where you make your dreaming and planning a ritual is is a really lovely part of what we teach on living the team life, yep. you know, living the team life so that you can live your dream life. Yeah, so that's the five ways on how you can add the ritual of rituals into plus your bonus. relationship plus the bonus, <laughs> uh, the bonus way. So that's our episode for today. Uh, Kim, what was your big takeout? I think the big takeout for me today was that building rituals or practicing rituals actually builds the identity or helps to build the identity of the team because you take on this um, idea that we're the type of people or we're the type of relationship that does A, you know, but A being the ritual. And there's a sense of ownership and a sense of identity and teamwork and teammateness, if that's even a word, that gets created as a result. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, rituals, the, the importance of rituals is that it's a formalization of something that really benefits the team and and benefits the relationship um you know by naming it by setting in time frames by scheduling it and then prioritizing it and then doing that again and again and again you're just setting up these amazing habits and routines that are going to benefit your relationship in the long term 
you're amazing. You've just spent quality time on your relationship. Feel like you're on a roll? If you want more Living the Team Life relationship insights and conversations, head over to kimandrodge.com where you can find all the show notes as well as tons of other relationship goodies. And if you like today's episode, please hit subscribe or let another couple know where they can find us. It'll make them happy and it'll make us really happy. Until next time, keep on living the team life.